Hello, and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argyris, and this week I'm looking for a book. I don't know the name of that book or what's about to happen. To help me are two high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. Hi, Nick. My name is Joe Holshue. I am a high school English teacher, and if you are looking for a succulent book, I didn't bring one this week because it's it's a cop-out episode, and Ian brought a book, which I am super excited to hear about. I'm just okay. learning about this. Ian. Om nom nom, Nick. Om nom nom, Joe. And Litheads, om nom nom. This om week, nom. I brought a tasty, tasty dystopian book recommended by <laughs> recommended by a, uh, one of my colleagues. Thanks, Jared, for this recommendation. It's Thank called you, Tender, Jared. Is the, Tender is the Flesh. Oh, gosh. Oh, and it's about cannibalism. Oh, that's very succulent. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Litheads, early this morning, Nick texted and said, Ian, what's your book title? And I legitimately, I debated telling him because this book uh, surprised me a bit. And I like, I like springing things on people. So Kind of like a cannibal. <laughs> yeah, like an ambush. <laughs> I considered I ambushing you. both of these people. I didn't ambush Joe with this, but I think I, I ambushed, ambushed Nick a little bit. And it feels We've talked, uh, cannibals have come, come up before. This feels like a familiar topic. I also feel I. So as I was looking at um, just a little bit of research around Ian's book, you know, oppositional research, obviously, Mm. I, I also this rang a bell. I feel like we have talked about cannibals in here, like Mm -hmm. Army Hammer, for example. Oh, Um, that was probably it. Yeah. The um, famous uh, uh, heir to the. Uh, our hammer off. Uh, anyway, hammer. Um, so let's just, I don't remember though, and um, let's just jump into the question. Would you, would you survive? <clears throat> You're in the, uh, was it the, the mountains in South America on the plane with the mm-hmm. snow? Was it South America? Were they in the Alps? Are you talking about, talking about the Donner Party? That's, the Alive that's... movie. Oh, the Alive oh. movie. Okay, so I was looking. I, I would. I would. I tried to. Joe was looking, looking at the local grocery store, the butcher counter. Well, okay, so I was looking at. I, I tried to throw together like a, a yes or no today question about cannibals, and I started looking at like instances of cannibalism throughout history. Mm-hmm. This is a massive Wikipedia page. Like it goes nice. to like prehistory, like hundred thousand years ago, early history, first millennium, right middle ages, and one of the things that surprised me is Nick. Like you, I always think of cannibalism as in times of great need, right? Like we are passing through the Sierra Nevadas. We are snowed in for the winter. We are the Donner Party, right? Like my car doesn't have gas. (laughs) Well, one of the things though that surprised me is all of the different reasons throughout history that cannibalism has happened, right? Mm -hmm. So we think of times of great need, like the siege cities, um, the Donner Party. We think of, um, we think of obviously uh, sexual fetish gratification in the case of Army Hammer. We think of like Jeffrey Dahmer. But we've talked in the past about cannibalism as medicine, where people would buy Mm. ground up mummies. That's right. In, 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 I think it was the book was 
Oh, stiff. Yeah, yeah we, we, where people would buy ground up mummies mm-hmm. for mummies for um, medicinal purposes. Yep. Um, cannibalism as punishment. Um, there are many. There are many instances of tr- of uh, armies eating prisoners of war. This was apparently particularly prevalent in like sixth century China. Um, at one point, there was a usurper who had taken out some, you know, wrath on a region. And when he was finally overthrown, one of the ways that they celebrated his overthrow is they chopped him up, they salted his body, and they passed it out in regions as like, jerky like usurper jerky to the people that he had conquered (laughs) um Um, if we ever if we have if the three of us ever by the way side note if we ever get into like punk rock music i think usurper jerky is a great name really good for a punk band anyway as you were saying usurper jerky so uh, there's spiritual and religious reasons right right? tibetan buddhists would ritualistic i don't think they still do this but like in the in in olden times they would ritually consume the flesh of deceased people who believed they have been born as brahmins seven times to absorb their essence and my very favorite um instance of cannibalism (laughs) my favorite instance of cannibalism is there was a time when it was a little bit in when I was vogue, uh, a little bit in vogue in like seventh century China. Um, there are reports of people showing up for dinner parties at the estates of wealthy people. And for example, in one report, a pair of teenage oh, twin brothers had fuck. been boiled together with pigs and sheep. Um, How big was the pot? Concluding that the Probably rich large. competed <laughs> in wealth, a sport that included competitions over cannibalism so it just became fashionable at one point oh, to um, wow great joe what a what a well-researched background that's really good you've I never think. done this much research on any well, other topic the, well that's kind not true because I, I frequently do this much research for games and all of this just comes from a failed game i didn't know how to turn oh, all of that good job on your failed game into, yes yeah, thank you yeah well, welcome, Litheads, to You Don't Know Lit, a weekly, or as we call it, Strongly Podcast, where every week we typically bring uh, two book recommendations, but sometimes we just bring one. So deal with it. And um, we still have some rules. Ian, you brought a book this week, so don't try not to spoil it. Okay. Uh, Joe, mm-hmm. that's enough stories out of you. I, I'm tapped out, <laughs> and, and I've said all I have to say. And only winning matters, but I think it sounds like we're all winners today, because yeah. I don't think, you know, we've been eaten yet no, right cannibals yet. so well not until the every day you're not eaten by a cannibal you're you're winning is a good day yep ian tell us what this book is about give us the the back page cover uh front page cover yeah, back at right. the back the inside in a world where a virus has contaminated <laughs> all this. human all animal flesh sorry let me start that again okay because I, <laughs> I said the wrong word of the jump we won't lose the momentum, Ian, Good. for sure. Just We'll just keep going. In a world where a virus has contaminated all animals, guess what people eat instead? Tofu. Walnuts. How about factory-raised human meat? Oh, no. I'm going to stop the voice now. Uh, Agustina Basterica's dystopian novel Tender is the Flesh, published in 2017, makes his body horror in incredibly tense family drama and philosophical angst to produce some not so secret learning mm. 
This is an incredible book. It made me feel horrible. I hated reading it. I could not put it down. Oh, God. I really love the phrase, incredibly tense family drama. Is that what you said? I would imagine when you might have to eat grandma, the stakes are a little bit high. (laughs) Uh, Stakes. I bet the stakes are a little saggy. (laughs) Yeah, good. There it is. Uh, No, in in this book, in this world, um, eating people with eating someone with the first and last name is still considered very taboo. Of course, um, we're not monsters. Oh, right. So they're raising people, huh? Without they're last raising names. raising factory-raised human meat. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Okay, so I love this as a topic. Yeah. It yeah. fills me with joy and excitement. <laughs> it's a, you said earlier off the show, it's a shorter book. Yeah. It's yeah. Kinda, it's I mean... How many? How long is it? It's two hundred pages, two hundred eleven pages. That's really short for like a subject like this. Yeah, <laughs> and for a dystopia too. So a lot of like, I think one of the big tasks of dystopia is world it building. has, yeah, it has build to build the world. world. We talked about this before, right? And and I think one of the strengths of this book, honestly, is that it's it does enough and really it's really efficient in building its world. But the focus is not on look at this weird crappy thing about this the world oh look at this custom look what they've done with cars look at how their religion like nah like they they do enough yeah she does enough so you can tell like what the world looks like but the focus is really on um our central character the nummies okay so tell us yeah nom, give nom, us nom, what nom, yeah the nom, I, can, I can talk about the world or i can talk about the guy first which do you prefer probably the guy what, what do you mean the guy the author the main probably guy no the, the main guy character, oh, no, the main character. Right. character. Okay. yeah yeah the protagonist joe the pro- yeah, oh, look, at, look at you go thank you nick, nick is learning Ian was over here using sloppy language <laughs> Gram- is grandma the antagonist <laughs> no <laughs> the grandma <laughs> grandma passes well, away she's gonna get hers grandma passes away early early in uh before the book starts actually oh um so so this book grandma gets eaten in the prologue (laughs) (laughs) grandma she got eaten in the prologue grandma does not get eaten no that's not how this works all right um sorry okay so uh this book it like it's focused around um uh a a worker at one of the slaughterhouses his name is marcos and he is our our focal point he's the character that we're looking at um he's really good he um he works uh kind of in procurement um of um heads that animal uh human humans humans Maybe raised you should from tell e- us about the world first okay. it's hard to follow <laughs> my help um so so in the world in in a world Jesus. in a world in a uh, world this this virus uh this virus has infected all animals uh, there's some uh, suggestion of go. maybe like maybe oh it's 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 a fake virus it was made up um but for whatever reason, uh, either tr- either truthfully there's a virus or the government made it up, uh, all animals have been eradicated or they've tried. Um, so animal meat is off the table. And pretty early on, the, the book goes through um, how people oh, don't. Hold people on. don't. Yeah. How long did it take? It's not long. <laughs> They're like, well, we can't eat no meat. That would be insane. Like we talk weeks. about, um, yes, yes, that too, Joe. We talk about, um, we talk about like necessity. Joe talked about necessity, and it's not necessary. Like they didn't yeah. need to do this. This is the future. This is near future, yeah. but this is the future. And like the turn to cannibalism is not necessarily because like there are no other sources of protein. Right. Um, it becomes kind of clear that like the meat industries put pressure. Okay. 
on yeah. very yeah. on on society on the government to 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 make something. Yeah, to make mm-hmm. meat to make human meat. It's not referred to as human meat. It's referred to as special meat. <laughs> oh, well, that oh, okay, makes so, sense. Oh, I didn't realize we were talking about special meat. I would totally yeah. eat that, Ian. <laughs> why, why didn't you start with that? Do people know or don't know? Absolutely, hundred percent. Yes. Okay, and then two, the idea of they're not this happening quickly and there not being an alternative, although there is an alternative. Yeah, makes this book sound incredibly preachy. Does it come across as very like moralistic on like the meat industry? Let's get yeah. to that later. All right, we'll put because a pin in that. That's a teaser. I think so. So, Jared um, uh, Lithead's. It's time for me to call you to call call you on the carpet, take you to task a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, the wow. form, Watch the form Jared. on the website has a place for you to ask questions, and most of you put silly questions like, "Right, what'd you have for lunch?" Yeah, a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jared put a really good question here, and Jared's question is about secret learning. So we're going to get to that kind of at the end once we've gotten to all of this so I guess Lidheads, be, be more like dr powell and and do uh and and, and right, um, we'll put a pin in it yeah um so so in this world cannibalism is legal humans are raised for meat it's it's just like you know it's just like kind of the factory the factory okay. farm model um it's sterling green and no no because in oh, sterling because green you don't know it's people he has to run yeah. around charlton heston has to run around saying sterling green is people in this in this book, like you can you can buy fingers um, or yeah. ears. Yeah. Well, it's an appetizer, sure, but you also probably can buy like flanks and thighs. Yeah. And so so like at first, course. Yeah. at first they they try to disguise it, but gradually it's like, yeah, no, these are fingers. That's a tongue. That's a you know whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a culinary journey. All right. So so the world is the world is just that. Like this yeah. is the the main um good science fiction, good dystopia says everything is the same, but this one piece is different. And yeah. so in this, the one piece is kind of a big thing, but um everything else ramifies from that. So there are um there are scavengers who can't afford to buy factory raised meat, so they're just murdering people and eating them. There oh, are black market um, meat. Not even yeah, black abso- market, absolutely. like wild caught. There, <laughs> there, well, there, there are there are game <laughs> reserves where you can go and hunt heads if you want oh, um wow. there are there's like breeding stock and there are like lines <laughs> there's um there's uh is there a government there is a government <laughs> and it's it everything is very tightly regulated so if you don't want your your loved one when they pass away if you don't want their body to be dug up and eaten you have them cremated so there's a whole like yeah, cremation this is great like, cremation for business is, is the the thing that you do um it's a very well realized world but i love that it doesn't take center stage like she doesn't say i think one of the one of the weaknesses of books like 1984 and brave new world it's like we're going to spend the first three quarters of this book telling you what this world is about and then we're going to get into the story this is we, we get to see the story unfold as our central character marcos experiences it and she there are pieces, there are blank spaces that she doesn't fill in, and that's amazing. So to recap, meat bad, human meat good. Yep. Uh, it's everywhere immediately. It's everywhere. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, immediately. Um, who's mm-hmm. getting eaten? The dead, yeah. you mentioned? The already dead? No, that's it, illegal. He, you say had. So like, there are people raised as livestock. There's an underclass of people that are just livestock, it sounds like. And they are, they are um, genetically modified oh to gross get, to get bigger faster yeah um, they got big old juicy 
but tenderloins. Yep, yep. <laughs> their um, their vocal cords are cut, so they can't talk or oh, scream. Ooh, this is dark. Um, yeah, it's it's it. really it's really dark. Uh, when yeah. when you when you think about like like when human, right? And they're they're recognizably human, but they're not referred to as people. They're referred to as head or heads. Like you would yeah. talk about, you know, hundred head of cattle. Yep. Um, they're not referred to like in, individuals aren't referred to as men or women. They're males and females. It's very so people think they are absolutely lesser than in in like the the population thinks they are because they're bred to be, but they're because right. they're bred to be um, slaughtered and eaten. Yes, but there is no the book does not give you a clear verification mm. that okay. Like we've taken away their brain, so they're not like right. it's okay, reader. They're not human. Like they don't put you at ease. It's no, no. and this no. book, this book refuses. Um, it it will not let you look away, um, which is partly why I respond. So this central dude, uh, he has kind of been involved in like building some of the, the laws um, and the, the the procedures around the human meat. Uh, industry he was a member of the he's a statesman he was nah, not really he he was he's like he's like a, a really skilled worker he was mm-hmm. he was involved in the 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 meat industry before you know the transition um which is the change which is what we're everything. calling it yes um so he he was in the the the, the animal meat industry and now he's he's a he's a, a well-respected member of the human meat industry um and he is just broken. Everything is bad about his life. His kid, his baby, his baby son died in his sleep. His wife and is estranged. Um, his like sister is dreadful. His dad is in a nursing home. Like he is absolutely broken. Yeah. And then about a third of the way into the book, he is gifted a female head, oh, a female. God. Oh God. It's a love story. Yep. Is this, so is it like, is it like you a pact or is it like a sex thing? Like what's well, this? <coughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not a conversation thing. We know that she can't talk. <laughs> Bold of you to assume the two are mutually exclusive, Joe. I, so, so I think this is the, the pet, the pet comparison is one I didn't, I didn't come up with until I was reading around this book a little bit, but I think there is certainly that element. Like she cannot consent. Yeah. Um, and she oh. is like, God. not, not, not even like, not, Who not even wrote just, this? can we pause to talk about the author real quick? Here, well, this is oh, God. Yeah, she's she's a she's an Argentinian author. Um, I think Argentinian. Yeah, Argentinian. This was written in in uh, presumably Spanish in 2017 and was just translated not that long ago. Like the English translation came out in 2020. I think the translator's also responsible. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to you, Sarah Moses, <laughs> translator. She's one of those people, one of those authors who's like kind of literary. Um, this is straight up horror. It, it absolutely like is, and, it, it, and it's it, yeah. it's horror that like it's horror that is both visceral and kind of a, a an ideological horror. Um, it, it like it makes you feel grossed out, but then deeper than that, it makes you feel bad about the world. Okay, um, cool. both of which are really really miserable situations. So I think that to go to go back to Joe's question, I think I think there is an element to which um, she is kind of presented in the book. The book presents her. Um, he names her Jasmine present it as kind of pet like because this is what we do to our pets right we we don't really ask them like would you like to be a, my pet because we say oh they can't answer like it's just yeah. you know we, we name it it is it is we we delight we delight in the pet um 
and um it's kind of there for our for our enjoyment um the sex thing is different because um oh, and he, we don't, they have sex right well obviously sex and she, sex going yeah, on okay. absolutely and she yeah, she nice. gets she gets pregnant with, i'm kind of happy uh, that it is because yeah. i kind of felt like a pervert after i asked that question i'm like maybe no, maybe that you wasn't are. no question, and there's like yeah. there's, the, the novel kind of does a lot that kind of intertwines um the active sort of hum, consumption of human bodies for food and kind of consumption in a sec, in a it's, sexual it's, it's way it's being it's, used right yeah like like this right thing yes is and it's like it's like taking delight in taking delight in um the body just like turned up to 11 in a bad way so um this book this book is uh brutal it's also really really well written and beautiful it's well translated so um <laughs> the title the title of this in spanish is cadaver exquisito oh wait let me guess let me guess the beautiful oh. body, something like that, like basically like dead body, yeah. like cadaver, yeah, yeah, basically, but, but specifically dead, yeah, the yeah. Beautiful dead. And then, um, yeah. so tender as the flesh is the translation. Uh, it's really well translated. It's, I think, she comes off as very like she, she, she's not just like hey, 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 let's do, let's do like bodies and cannibalism and sex. This is not, this is not lowbrow. This is not prurient. But the example that I would give of this is like Marcos is very interested in language he's obsessed with language um almost to the point where he's he's kind of he's presented as uh sort of obsessive about it um and she is through marcos commenting a ton on sort of the ways that we use language to justify ourselves um to to absolve ourselves of blame he he describes language in these really concrete physical ways like there's one where he's talking about a character's language her words are like tadpoles trying to wriggle up out of her throat it's just it's just insistently unsettling insistently challenging um it doesn't it doesn't let you rest either intellectually or viscerally to the overt message here yeah, is this so, about language or is this about the meat industry which one it has to be one of those talking about the language piece i mean we do this with our meat like of course mm-hmm. we do right mm-hmm. like we don't eat cows we eat beef, beef. we don't eat chicken yep. we eat poultry right like we yep. have this language division between like the animal and the food yeah i think that's interesting yeah and, and this is this is the kind of thing like at the very base level that she's doing she's she's pointing out the ways that um, the way we talk about our food, the way we talk about our meat shapes, the way we like kind of fetishize it, the way we kind of like think about it as a desirable thing and the way we talk about each other. So I think, so Jared's question um, uh, for this, for this, uh, nope. not, not Jared from Subway, nope. Dr. Powell, my, my esteemed colleague, um, he teaches history at my school. He says, oh, I don't think, I don't think the author technically violated the show. Don't tell rule, but he says the subtext was very obvious as a non Shakespeare scholar. I'm not sure what, whether that means a, the author did a good job. B, the author did a bad job or C, I just read a series of messages into the book that I wanted to be there. So the question is like the, the bigger question is like, how secret is this learning? And the, I think the, the underlying question that I want to ask you guys is like, what what subtext do you hear? Because it, there's not a single answer. Like various critics have seen different things from this. 
That's I mean, it's hard to say without actually reading the book. But well, what, yeah, do you, I, what do you hear? Like, what's your what's your knee jerk? I refuse the question. No, <laughs> you said factory farms a minute ago. We'll go with that, Joe. I was just gonna say, like, the obvious thing to me is like, as soon as you start doing things, like a lot of what you've said has just grossed me out today. But as soon yeah. as you start saying things like, oh no, like these head are like genetically modified, like their vocal yep. cords are cut. I mean. Yeah. It, it is not even a it's not even a, a hop skip or a jump to be like, oh, right. That's exactly what we do to cows. But it's exactly what we do to yeah. chickens. And yeah. Jesus Christ, how horrifying is yeah. that? The only yeah. thing that makes me think otherwise, though, and maybe it's broader than that, is the idea of like the the wife or the, the girlfriend or whatever you they call her in the book. Like that seems strange to me. But maybe that's just commentary on like how people have uh animals for pets and yep. we yep. eat them too yeah. so right. i don't know maybe maybe it's broader and it's about like control or like control you know, human yeah. behavior but the ways we shape the world a, a living being that is raised for consumption like a, yeah. a living being that is raised right. for your pleasure right and i think so some of the reviews I'm, I'm, i saw uh talked about how this is more broadly about like sort of capitalism and consumption and yeah. how like like everything is up for grabs everything is available <laughs> everything is available f to be consumed yeah. nothing a little truffle butter can't help right <laughs> oh god um i mean Joe, I, I you've think been working out <laughs> to answer to answer Human i, I would, I would answer jared's question that i think the subtext being obvious isn't necessarily a bad thing because the learning cannot be secret this is the kind of situation where you you need to be for this to work as an argument it has to be it has to hit you over the head it has to be gross it has to mess you up i think a creeping sense that something is not right doesn't work with this kind of thing um it's 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 i think the fictional dystopian equivalent of those dreadful documentaries like somebody breaks into it an egg an egg manufacturer and it's like um, look at how the dreadful conditions these chickens are in. It's that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, and it makes us look at ourselves too. It makes, it makes me like when I, you know, when I buy ham hocks, um, I am buying a piece of I am buying a piece of an animal. Yeah. Uh, and I, how I many do ham not hocks know you eat in a week now these days. Ian? Oh, oh, well, so I, I, I bring one for Old lunch. Ian ham hock. I, yeah. I gnaw on it at lunch. Put it in his pocket. Pocket and ham I, hock. Yeah. Pocket <laughs> ham <laughs> There it is. Um, so I, this is actually something I've asked this on the show before, because we very frequently talk about authors who who have not held up to history. Like it's like, oh, that yes. person was a dreadful person by today's standards, All like through them. our recency bias or whatever it is. And the next logical question for me is, OK, 100 years from now, whole shoe, what are you getting canceled for? Right. Like, yeah. How before, yeah. are you a monster? And and the number one answer I come back to all the time is eating meat. Right. Like, I think that could easily be seen as barbaric in the future. Uh, and I think this book, if I'm catching what Ian's saying, right, is like, no, 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 no. That's just the beginning. Like, I want you to look at the consumptive nature of yeah, everything right, that you right, do. It's not right. just eating meat, dummy. Right. That is like the tip of the iceberg. It's the pleasure. It's the dummy. pleasure you take. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the pleasure you take in, in, any, in any aspect of this. I would I would qualify Joe and say that, like. This is specifically factory raised right. meat. Yes. So I think free range or or wild caught or potentially most most like the most morally viable might be, you know, uh, th with 3D 
3D printed meat, that kind of that thing, like the Beyond, that sort of thing where it's mm-hmm. it's synthetically produced. Seems better. We've already seen this kind of change the diamond industry, where synthetic yeah. diamonds, um, you like you don't you're not like literally like people are dying to produce these things, and and if they're indistinguishable, the question becomes like, does it have to be? Like, does an animal have to suffer in order for you to enjoy a hamburger? Does a diamond sparkle as much if a exactly. human suffering isn't involved? Because it right. seems like the suffering right. might be necessary. Right. And this is this is the the question. Like, we don't want to think about that suffering. We tell ourselves there is no suffering. But this this book says, well, like, let's let's look at let's look at that suffering uh, fo- in a focused way. In in conversation here, and I think elsewhere, Black Mirror, the TV show, has given us a good way to t- kind of think about simultaneously being like horribly unsettled and, and bummed out and also can't look away. This also feels though, here he is, our old friend, friend of the show, fan of the show, Uh-oh. Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian. Yeah, fan oh of the like, show. gosh, that's yeah. sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is Blood Meridian puts it kind of puts its foot on your throat and it doesn't let up. Just yeah. when you think like Blood is Meridian the first is bad. Big author to die while we've done this podcast. Yeah, we're, we're to blame. We're the first. Yes, we're, we are we, to blame for his it. passing. Absolutely, we're, we're morally the curse culpable. Begins. Yes, here it is. <laughs> John Stephen McPhee. King. John McPhee, <laughs> live forever, please. Um, oh, John McPhee's a goner. If there's a you don't know lit curse, John McPhee is in the ICU as we speak. <laughs> I don't know if uh, Joe. Joe, a quick McPhee update. Yeah, McFup McF- update. A um, I don't know. I there's a good chance I may have just missed it, but mm-hmm. on Audible, all of his books are on Audible now. Amazing. But I swear to God, I've looked in the past, like when we were doing these episodes, and I couldn't find them. But they're up there now, so maybe I just updated Great. my app. There has been a massive push towards audiofy and everything. Well, I think just the, right? the rise of this podcast too, and how much. Well, we're yeah, obviously, we, this has been your Mick update for the day. Being to blame, <laughs> we're, we're also. Um, so, so like Blood Meridian, this book puts its foot on your throat and doesn't let up. It just when you think the horror is at its peak, there's more. Um, and like I said before, this is not just world building that stops. So there is a this story here about this person, um, Marcos, and you think maybe he's Marcos. kind of healing, and then you think maybe he's not, and then you're like, okay, he's he's not eating meat. He's making the conscious decision not to eat meat, and then he does, and he's like, but that was really tasty, and. You like you really wonder not just sort of will he live or what will happen to him narratively, but like what will he ha- will he discover he has a soul, a backbone? Like will he be redeemed? The ending of this book, not no spoilers. It is an incredible twist that you do not see coming, and yet it's one of those beautiful twists where after it happens to you and you sit with like the power of it, you realize. The book had to end this way. It was building up to this. Like you see how she has seeded all of this foreshadowing, all of this development throughout. And it, I think it's an incredible piece of literary ability to wow. foreshadow something so, so that it feels earned. And yet it doesn't feel telegraphed. There is no way. I didn't find this to be telegraphed. I talked to Dr. Powell about this. He didn't find it to be telegraphed. Like, this is absolutely you do not see this coming this twist ending what do you mean by telegraphed can you explain that telegraphed is 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 where it's like um if if the foreshadowing is i sure hope somebody from another dimension doesn't come through and undo all of this anyway (laughs) okay like it's that thing where like 
it is foreshadowing, but it's clear. like, you know, everyone yeah. knows it's that thing um, where your spouse turns to you halfway through and says, I know who killed him. Like mm-hmm. they like, I know, I know the ending to this. Um, this is a story that earns its twist ending. The twist ending is a, is a, is a kick in the teeth. And I, I, I hate this book. It made me feel terrible. It's perfect. Yeah. See, now it's I'm so perfect. torn because I don't want to read this book. This, sound, this book sounds like a huge bummer and a downer, but I definitely want to know what the twist is. <laughs> I'm going to read the shit out of this book. <laughs> it's a book that, it's a book that like, I really like I've struggled. I've said before, I, I would struggle to recommend this book. I think this is an incredible book. I think it's really, really well written. I think that recommending it, I'm like, I'm, I'm signing you up for some real torment. Um, but I think it, I, I think it's worth the torment um, for how it like comes together. It's up to you. If you're ready for it, read it, but be warned. It is both viscerally and ideologically harrowing, gruesome. All right. Well, on that note, (laughs) if you want to hear us bring more cheerful, cheerful books or, you know, harrowing, psychologically gruesome, et cetera, books, um, head on over to You Don't Know Lit Podcast. I'm sorry. Head on over to tweenvogue.com where you can suggest a book, suggest a theme, et cetera. Um, We are everywhere that you would expect us to be on social media. You can interact with us there. Um, And more than anything, tell a bookish friend if you um, enjoy hearing us talk about books each week and you think your friends might too tell a bookish friend they can find us on the podcast player of your choice congratulations ian congratulations augustina basterisha but basterisha basterisha good yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. And and translator, Sarah Moses, um, tender yep. is the flesh. I will not be reading this. I will be looking up spoilers. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read the very first piece of this book uh, because this is where the, the book puts, as I said, puts its foot on your throat and doesn't let go. Carcass. Cut in half. Stunner. Slaughter line. Spray wash. These words appear in his head and strike him, destroy him, but they're not just words. They're the blood, the dense smell, the automation, the absence of thought. They burst in on the night, catch him off guard. When he wakes, his body is covered in a film of sweat because he knows that what awaits is another day of slaughtering humans. No one calls them that, he thinks, as he lights a cigarette. He doesn't call them that when he has to explain the meat cycle to a new employee. They could arrest him for it, even send him to the municipal slaughterhouse and process him. Assassinate him would be the correct term, but it can't be used. While he removes his soaked shirt, he tries to clear the persistent idea that this is what they are, humans bred as animals for consumption. He goes to the refrigerator and pours himself cold water. He drinks it slowly. His brain warns him that there are words that cover up the world. There are words that are convenient, hygienic, legal.